The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It's David and Isaac. It's our first post-game-ish of the season, man. What's going on? Man, nothing much, man. Grizzlies, Grizzlies 2-0, man. Looking looking really good. Uh, a weird, weird, strange game at FedEx Forum uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks on, on Tuesday night. And uh, another big win in Charlotte tonight, man. Really came out and, and jumped on them. So it, they're looking good. I know you don't want to take a lot out of preseason, but there's a lot of positive things to talk about with this team through the first two games. Sure. We, we can uh, we can talk about the first game briefly. I don't have any stats up or anything from that first one since it ended at three quarters. But, yeah. you know, there, there were a lot of positives and that, you know, I mean, there was some stuff that you would, you know, you could see that um, the timing, um, learning different things like Stephen Adams and John Morant got some stuff that they got to work on. Right. Because John made a couple passes that if Adams was ready, that it would have been easy dunks for him. And Adams just missed it. And I think it's, you know, it's just kind of learning each other and him, you know, picking up on, on different things that Ja is going to do that's going to get him open and, and just kind of filling each other out. So you could see some of those things. And then you also saw some good stuff from those two when they were on the same yeah. page and it did work out. But there, there were just a couple little little hitches in there where, you know, Ja put a pass up there for, for Adams to have an easy dunk and Adams just didn't get to it because, it, you know, in real time, it looked like he just wasn't ready for it. But, um, you know, Zaire Williams, I, w- I was really impressed with how well he was playing on the defensive end. You know, it wasn't like he was locked down, but, you know, that that length, man, he was very disruptive. I think he only got credited with one steal, but he uh, he tipped he at yeah, least three steal. or four. You know, like there, there were three or four possessions where he tipped the ball or he was disruptive enough that led to Kyle getting a steal just a lot of lot of good stuff from him. Unfortunately, the three, you know, he had a three early on that he knocked down, but his foot was out of bounds. Yeah. I think that, you know, if his foot corner. hadn't been out of bounds there, he may have gotten in a rhythm and we'd have been able to see a little bit more from him. It takes, it takes some getting used to with that court, man, that, that line. If you're not used to playing at, at FedEx Forum, that can, that can get you right there. You see a lot of, especially, you, even Grizzly players do it, but you definitely see a lot of opposing yeah. players kind of step on the line because it's kind of hard to see where you're at right there. It was great to be back in the forum, man. Even though we we got it got cut short, <laughs> got cut short. That was I, like it, it was by far the weirdest scenario that I've ever been in, man. It, it was crazy. So that we we hit a timeout. The the teams hit a timeout. I'm like, okay, TV timeout. And then all of a sudden, the lighting completely changes inside the forum. I'm like, what is going on? And then then I hear the fire alarm. And nobody was moving. Like the ushers weren't moving. The guy, like the teams were still in their huddles. Nothing like it was like nothing was going on. And the my buddy that was with me, he's like, Man, do you want to get up and go? And I'm like, I'm not leaving until the ushers tell us to go. <laughs> like I, I'm just I'm I'm here. If they tell us to go, we'll go. But it took a good man, it felt like four or five minutes of those alarms going off before they finally started to evacuate. And it, it was just Man, weird is the best way that I can describe it. Yeah, it, it, it was crazy. Like, I wasn't at the game. I was watching on television, and it, it went on forever. I know Pete Brevin and, and, and Rob were on the broadcast, and they were just trying to, to find things to talk about because it went on forever. They were waiting on word from the NBA. I mean, it, it went back and forth. They were saying, well, now we feel like the game is going to continue, and NBA is saying they want the Bucks to come back out. They had undressed and got food and were out on the loading dock waiting for the buses. I'm like, man, how are these guys going to put these, like, 
sweaty jerseys back on, man. Get all that stuff. Get all the equipment. Because they unloaded everything, man. They came through there. They were out of there, man. They had t- taken the stuff back. They showed J.R. Holiday walking with a, a tray of wing guru rings out. Uh, they were they were gone, man. They were out of there. And then the word was like, well, they want them to come back out of here. We're going to continue this thing. I was like, there's no way uh, that they're going to do this. It took a long time for the NBA to come back with word. I mean, it took about an hour before they kind of made the decision that they, they weren't going to play. But that was wild. I remember a situation probably six, seven years ago now where I was at the foreman and that happened. The alarm went off near the end of the third quarter, just like on Tuesday, um, it was a record season game. The Grizzlies were down by, it was a lot, maybe like 17 to 18. They were playing the Clippers. It was back when Blake Griffin and, and those guys, a uh, lot of city Clippers. And the Grizzlies, I left, and, and I didn't come back. They eventually, I think about after an hour and a half, let everybody come back in, and they continued the game. I think it was like a frozen pipe burst or something uh, in the arena, and that's kind of why what happened there. And the Grizzlies actually came back and won that game. I got home and watched the rest of it on television. That's how long it took them to bring it back. But, yeah, man, it, it's wild when that happens, man. And, again, man, that's a, a situation where I don't know if I've ever seen a game in in three quarters. I think that's the first time I've ever seen that. I wonder what, yeah. wonder how they would have handled it if it had been a regular season game. I wonder oh, they probably, yeah. probably would end up playing it for sure. I, I'm sure that they would have. You know, at, at that, we left. You know, when they told us to evacuate, um, he, he had to work the next day. And I'm like, man, best case scenario, we get back in there in an hour. Yeah, this is going to take a while. They got to warm up. Quarter, and, man. Yeah. I'm like, you're looking at, you know, late by the time you get home if, if we stick around. And I'm like, then on top of that, if we hang out for an hour and it gets canceled, we we could have been. Yeah, we could have been, been home, but, you know. Yeah. So uh, we, we just kind of dipped out. But it, it was just it was, man, like I say, weirdest situation I've ever been in because, you know, you, you hear the fire alarms going off, but it, it was like nobody was doing anything. Like everybody was just like going forward, like nothing was happening. And then like four or five minutes, then they finally started clearing everybody out. And I saw, I think uh, it was either um, Kelsey or Jessica that posted a picture and, you know, they, they had their, their duffel bags. You see the Bucks players yeah. out across the floor. They were out, yeah. Their, yeah. Their luggage and the wings and all that. I'm like, yeah, I'm glad we left. Cause they ain't playing this game. It, it's done for yeah, excuse me. It was weird because they were saying that if my game might continue, I was like, there's no way that they're going to bring all this equipment back in because I think, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I think they couldn't go back the normal way because of whatever was going on. They wouldn't let them go back to their locker room, whatever. So they had to go out that way through the arena. So they were bringing all this stuff out. You saw the players coming out with food. They were undressed. I was like, there's no way they're going to start this thing back up. Like, if it is, it's going to take it'll be 11 o'clock where they get this thing back going. I was like, this is a preseason game. They're trying to get out of town. I was like, there's no way that they're going to bring these guys back out there. Uh, but yeah, man, a, a wild scene, but again, luckily the Grizzlies were up and they get to get a W in that situation. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they were taking care of business. I don't know that the bucks were going to make a run. No, I don't, I don't think so. At that point, But you know, it, it was, you know, it, it was a, a skeleton of the bucks crew. You didn't have Giannis or Middleton or Drew holiday playing, so, you know, it was essentially the Bucks bench, but the, the Grizzlies still played well. Um, I, I saw you mention something about this on, on Twitter, so I wanted to bring it up. Uh, Brandon Clark was the DNP coach's decision. There, yeah. And we, we saw Chris Dunn come out. And obviously, we didn't get the fourth quarter, but going into this season, if you asked me if I had to bet money on Brandon Clark being a part of the rotation or not being a part of the rotation – I would bet on him being in this rotation, but he, you know, he got that, uh, that 
DNP coach's decision game one, what do you think that means for him? Does it does it mean anything? Or is, hey, this is preseason game one. It doesn't really mean all that much. It is what it is. Man, I, I think it does mean something. I had some people kind of push back on me on Twitter on that thought, but he was the only healthy healthy scratch of guys that you you think that going to be in a rotation. He was the only one that didn't play. And, I mean, that's three quarters in a preseason game, and you're thinking, okay, well, you're trying to get a look at some guys. You think that he would get, if he was going to be a part of rotation, you think he'd get some minutes in that game. Now, Taylor Jenkins said before the game that he was going to switch, switch up the lineups as the game go on. Some games, this guy might not play, and this guy might not play, but you wouldn't expect Brandon Clark to be one of those guys. I mean, you think a guy that's that's been a, been a rotation player for this team, and you play even three quarters in a preseason game, you think he gets a run in that game, and it was just kind of strange. He did play tonight. Uh, how many minutes did he get tonight? Uh, uh, I've got seventeen minutes. Four. Yeah, just I was just under seventeen, 17 minutes. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe it it doesn't mean anything, but it is kind of weird that he was the only guy, like I said, that's healthy that that didn't play in that game. So uh, it was just kind of something to watch, and I think we'll watch it as the preseason goes on. But to me, that kind of says that maybe he's outside looking in right now. Maybe in practices they just kind of decided that they're going to go with, with Tillman and he's kind of over him right now. And, uh, and, and that's the way it's going to be. Cause I, I just don't know why in three quarters that he, he would get at least a little bit of tick in that game. That was kind of surprising to me. So you mentioned Tillman there. Do you think this rotation is if Tillman plays BC doesn't, I mean, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, cause we've seen both of those guys play at times before there, there also was a time late in the season where, BC was kind of getting DNP CDs and Tippman was playing, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I think you can play both of those guys. I don't think that's a direct correlation. A lot of people, when I kind of talked about this on Twitter, kind of said it's one or the other. I don't necessarily feel that way. But again, when we've seen Taylor Jenkins kind of stick to his stick to his guns, whatever the rotation that he has, unless guys get injured, that's kind of the only way he changes. So, I mean, we'll see as the season goes on. I, I just don't – I think BC is too good to be getting DNP CDs. I just don't see how you keep the guy on the bench. You saw him tonight. He didn't have a fantastic game, but he'd be coming out active. Um, did take two threes, missed both of those. But uh, what, what was this line tonight? Uh, BC, 6.6 rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block. So, I mean, pretty good game, plus 11 in, in 17 minutes. Uh, solid game for him tonight. I just think he's too good not to be a part of his rotation. And we were even talking here on the last podcast, and, and I think he's a guy that's poised for a, a breakout year. So if, if he's not in his rotation uh, come next week uh, when, when they take on the Cleveland Cavaliers, I would be surprised. But, again, being a BCD in a preseason game for a rotation guy that's healthy, that makes you kind of scratch your head a little bit and maybe gives you a window and kind of where the pecking order of guys, the, the, the way they're looking at it right now. I mean, to me – you know, Dylan's not playing right now. They got him down for right thigh soreness. And, and I believe that's just kind of a, a technicality. Yeah, right? yeah you know, I like think so he's, too. He's healthy, to, uh, climbing in all the preseason stuff, said everybody was healthy. So, you know, I think Dylan is just kind of, you know, he's practicing and he's just not really playing that much in the preseason. I've looking at this rotation, if Dylan is back, let's just assume that. Uh, you slide Melton out of the starting lineup. You slide uh, Dylan in. Your rotation then at that point would be Tyus Jones, uh, Melton at the two, Zaire at the three, Kyle. Well, 
man, I don't know. Like, where, where do you find See, that, him? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what we talked about last on the, on the last show. Like, somebody, one of these guys is out, and that's the thing because you and, and Melton is looking like good Melton right now. And yeah, that's the thing about a two way player. When when he's on, he's on, and he's looked really good uh, in in both of these preseason games. Uh, had another nice game tonight. What did he knock down? Uh, three or five from three. Um, mm-hmm. 11 points. Uh, so he had another good game and shooting the basketball tonight as well. And, and so you're thinking him and Bain definitely need to be in this rotation. But if you have both of those guys in the rotation, then where do you slide Zaire in? It's, you're looking mm-hmm. at like 11 guys that really, really need minutes. Um, you kind of you can say 12 if you kind of look at the, the Tillman uh, BC thing. So that, yeah. that's going to be interesting because I don't, I don't think you can't consistently play 12 guys. Uh, no, so there are going to be some guys outside of this rotation looking in that reserve minutes. And that's kind of something to look at. I know Zane was saying on Twitter last night, he made a joke during the, uh, the, the, the game, the first game uh, the other night, uh, saying that he's on the trade machine, he's on the trade machine with, with putting BC and in, 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 in Ty Jones <laughs> in the trade machine. Yeah. Thought, that, thought that was funny. So, um, yeah, man, that, that's definitely going to be something to watch. But again, if, if you're not going to have BC in this rotation, I think you might need to look to move him because I think he's too good not to be playing. Yeah. Yep. And it's, do you move him or do you move Kyle? You know, Kyle's on the contract yeah. here. Are you going to pay Kyle and keep him around? And I think I that's hope better. so. I, I hope so, but I, I don't you know. know that they will. I hope so. But you, you kind of look at the fit with him. And even though he's been fantastic, I think he should be here. I think he can fit on any team. I think he's a jack of all yeah. trades. He just yeah, comes in and does man. all type of things, but that might not be kind of how to, when I was using because I think he's going to get a he's going to get some a pretty nice going uh, for for what he's done because I mean adding that three point shot and at least being capable of knocking out threes kind of adds a complete completely different dimension to his game so he there's some teams that are going to be interested in him and he he might get some some pretty pretty deep, decent offers out there it'd be interesting to see if the Grizzlies do extend him I hope he does but we'll see how it plays out yeah yeah that's just kind of you know where they're at you, you're gonna gonna have guys on this roster that deserve the minutes that are just they're not going to be there. And we still don't know who it's going to be. We're going to get looks at guys. You know, like I said, game one, you saw Chris Dunn tonight. Uh, Pons and Aldama and Culver were out there. Uh, Shaq Buchanan tried to, to go at somebody. <laughs> and take to end lives, man. Yeah. And it ma- made him mad. And then Boat Knight came back down on the other end of the floor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Made Pons <laughs> make a business decision, man. <laughs> it was that that, uh, that little stretch right there at tonight's game was, was crazy pretty quick. So, um. I, I have to say, after these first two preseason games, and I don't put a ton of weight into it because you're figuring stuff out, but the things that I, I have watched Desmond Bain do and the aggressiveness that I see from John Morant, the fluidness of him coming up the floor and taking a shot off the dribble, yeah, just, man. you know, the areas that I see improvement from just those two guys, just those two, it's got me excited, man. You know, we, we talked about that over under and, you know, I, I was, I was lower than you on it, but man, these guys, if John ja Moran is this locked in already in the season, come January, it's going to be scary for the league. Like he, yeah, but- he, he is like, just please playing. Oh, I, I, yeah, it's, it's the first two preseason games, but if he's this aggressive, if he, if the shots are falling for him like this, the league's going to be hard pressed for him. Not like if he does, if he's not an all-star, it's going to be an absolute crime. Yeah. I, I think their entire team is locked in. And I've been really pleasantly surprised by that because they're not 
playing like this is the preseason game at all. These guys are coming out, especially at night. I mean, you can see it from the onset. They were just ready to go. And you talk about Ja and his aggressiveness, and you can tell, you can already see the improvements uh, of shooting off the dribble. You can see that he's really worked on that. There was a player, uh, I think, in the ninth game where Adam stepped out and, uh, and set the screen. He came around him and, and pulled up for the mid-range jumper and knocked it down. If he starts doing that and, and is even a little bit more consistent from the three-point range, he's going to be essentially unguardable. I mean, there's not going to be anything that you can do about it. And again, he had, what, uh, 27 points in only 24 minutes, uh, along with six rebounds, four assists, um, and 11-18 from the field in that game against Milwaukee. I mean, he was locked in. These guys look like they're in midseason form. I mean, they must have had some great practices coming out of camp because these guys, especially even more tonight, early you talked about, talk about some things with Ja and Stephen Adams, but going into the night, I mean, Stephen Adams looks like he's been a, a part of this team for a while. And I think we talked about you losing JV, and shout JV, man, got ejected last night um, in his first game in New Orleans, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got ejected. Yeah, got ejected in a preseason game. Uh, shout out to, to JV, man. But um, yeah, I mean, Stephen Adams, a double double in, in both games 11 points, 10 rebounds against the Bucks. Uh, tonight, he had 15 points, 16 rebounds, and more importantly, seven of eight from the free throw line. I mean, you shot. 44.4% last season. That's somewhere where he's really struggled. But so far in the preseason, he's been knocking him down at one miss tonight, and that's the only miss he's had this preseason. So I, I like what I see out of him. Again, once him and Ja get even more chemistry, I think they're going to do some some damage together in the in in pick and roll. I mean, he's going to be – because he's aggressive around the rim. I mean, and, and I, I like him. And I think one of the sole uh, part of his game is his passing. I mean, he's really a really high IQ player, makes the right play, and he can really pass the ball. I saw some – Great passes from him tonight and in the first game. Uh, so I think that's something that people are not really taking into account. I think he's going to be a great fit here. And I said this before, and I really think it now, seeing it through two games, I think he's going to be a better player here at Memphis than he was in, in New Orleans. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, there, there's no doubt in my mind about that at all. I don't think it's going to be even remotely close. He was a shell of himself in New Orleans last year. It was just a terrible fit, man. Yeah. You know, playing like this is Zion, this is a tough – not not yeah. really a good fit with him for him. Yep, and that's um you know it, this I think is going to be much better fit. I, I want to move move on. We haven't really talked about this game a whole lot. Grizzlies. Do we even know final score was one twenty eight to ninety eight? Yeah, uh, just dominated this this game all night long. I didn't get to see the first half. I was uh I, I'm getting ready for something this weekend and got tied up. Didn't get done in enough time, but did you watch? Did get to watch them in the second half. I want to talk about Jaron before we uh, before we get out of here tonight, and his rebounding man. How, how is yeah. that uh, that Jaron can't rebound crowd doing? Not not well, not well at all, man. Uh, fourteen rebounds through the first first two games. I mean, he looks and again, like we said with John, he looks really aggressive and locked in as well. I mean, moving really well, moving without the basketball. He's taking guys off the dribble, going to the rim, rebounding the basketball. I mean, he looks looks really good. Uh, what, what do you do tonight? He's, Three or seven from three tonight, so you got to see him knocking down some threes. That's Venice Jaron right there, man. When when he starts knocking down the threes, that looks like the old guy. He really struggled at the end of the season coming back with that rush, but look like that's gone. I mean, you can tell that he's been working. Looks a little bit bigger. I'm excited about it, man. Again, and I've said this all summer, if he's if he can stay healthy, stay out of foul trouble, I think he's going to have a monster year this year. There was one play in particular against the Bucks. Where he blocked the shot and then got the loose ball and ran the break. Right. Yeah. And then dished it to Ja for an assist. Yeah. And, and I'm like, dude, 
that that right there, man, that's unstoppable. Just you, the flashes, man, that you see between you know, these two guys, man. It's and it's scary, man. Don't get it twisted. There have been I've had a quite a few conversations over the last couple of days. I'm not crowning Jaron Jackson Jr. as a Kevin Durant or <laughs> you know, greatest of all time. Not none of that. None of that. What I'm saying is the stuff that he has showed us with his size, the size and the skill set. Yeah, you just don't see it. There's not many guys that have ever been in this league that have those things, man. It's going to be, if he puts it together, it's going to be over. Like I, I, I 100% believe that with John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr., if they both reach their ceiling, that those two guys are going to bring a championship to Memphis. I, I and agree. That's, you know, it's it's incredible. I have to say, man, honest to goodness, like the the ability, like the defensive ability, the ball handling, the shooting, the only other player that has ever played the game at that size that does it is Kevin Durant. That's it. And, and that's, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of flack in those conversations of Jaron hasn't done enough to be compared to Kevin Durant. And I agree with you. I agree that he has not done it. He's not been healthy. He's not strung it together. I agree. But what I'm telling you is skill set wise, you can't tell me like there's not another guy that's been in the league with this size that's able to do what he's able to do. And he he led the break more than one time handling the ball. You know, I, there were a few times, uh, at least twice, I know that he brought the ball up the floor and went straight to the rim with it. And it's, dude, it's got me excited. And I, I, I love watching him play anyway, but but seeing him healthy and when he blocked that shot and he got to that loose ball, there was no hesitation. Like when he blocked it, he was fighting through to get to that ball. And you could just tell that there, there's no like fear from the injury or anything. Like it's not there. It's non-existent. He's out there and he's playing. And I think that we're going to see the best Jaron this year. Yeah, and you just got to touch on that a little bit. But one thing that I've seen, and I know it's preseason, and all people say don't overreact, but he looks a lot more deliberate and, and deliberate and, and confident in his movements. There were times in the past where he kind of over dribble and kind of get himself in trouble in bad spots. Now, when when he's dribbling and taking taking guys off the dribble and taking to the basket, he, he's a lot more aggressive and, and confident, and his dribble is not as, as loose. I've noticed that in the first two games because there were times where he turned the ball over, kind of trying to do do a little bit too much at times. We haven't seen that through the first two preseason games. When he goes to the, to the basket, man, he he knows what he's going to do, and he's, he's been getting there and finishing. So I really really like to see that. That's kind of one of the things that I want to see him improve on. And through the first two games, he's done it. And I think most importantly, he looks 100% healthy. And I don't think he's worried about that injury at all. He kind of said he wasn't worried about the end of last year. He said his timing was off. And, and that's just kind of what we saw. There's a lot of rust. You miss, miss that much time, man. There's going to be some rust, especially – jumping back in with where the Grizzlies were. I mean, you're fighting for a playoff spot and then in the first round against number one seed, Utah Jazz. I mean, that's that's a tough spot to put a guy in and try to work a guy back in. But, I, again, man, I understand exactly what you're talking about. I mean, you're not, we're not saying that Jared's, <laughs> Jared's Kevin Durant, but at that size, skill set, the way he can take guys off the dribble, step out and shoot, play in the inside, block shots, it, it reminds you of Kevin Durant. You just don't see guys at that size that can do things like that. That's why he was called a unicorn. I mean, because you just don't see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, D'Anthony Melton, I saw something earlier today where uh, somebody asked D'Anthony Melton, they were talking about like coach Jenkins sayings. 
And uh, it was uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> LTMF, LTMF yeah. is what he said. But like, how much of the confidence uh, for even not not just Jaron, but you know, Desmond Bain looks a lot more confident this year. He, he shoot, he yeah. shot the ball well last year, but t- at times last year, I'm like, man, he had that shot. Why didn't he take it? And this year, he's letting it. Fly. He's looking for it. Yeah, and that's that's something that I I'm enjoying seeing and hope that that carries over into the regular season. But I, I think that a lot of times coaching staffs get kind of overlooked, you know, cause it's the NBA, like these guys are the best of the best. Do coaches really matter? And to a certain extent, the answer to that question is no, but there, there are things that the coaches do that make a difference and, and having knowing as a player that you can go out there and the coach wants you to let it fly. And, you know, from, from the sounds of it, from that interview or whatever, like that's something that coach Jenkins kind of preaches, you know, just let it go. So how much of that do you think is, you know, contributing to like what we're seeing from Bain and Jaron and, and, and Melton, you know, Zyra Williams that hasn't, you know, even though he's a rookie, he hasn't really looked like he's been hesitant to, to no, let it not at all. So, you know, that that's great that these guys, you know, they they feel the confidence from the coaching staff saying, hey, you know, we're here, we got you, you don't have to worry about it, you miss a good look, you miss a good look, we're not going to, you know, call a timeout and pull you out of the game because you took it with 18 seconds on the shot clock. Yeah, you could even, even, could even extend that to Jerry Culver. He's stepping into threes confidently tonight. I, I think that plays a big part. I think players knowing that their coach has confidence in them and, and like you said, not going to yank them out if they, they miss a shot. I think that, that goes a long ways, and I think, Bain, that's one point that I want to mention, and you just kind of brought it up. I mean, he's aggressive. I mean, he's letting it go without thoughts. Like last year, was, you could see where he was kind of thinking. Some shots he was hesitant to take, wasn't sure whether he wanted to take it or possibly drive to the basket. But he's just getting around that three-point line, man, moving to his spots and, and letting it fly. And, and that's kind of what we called for from him all last season. And I think that summer league gave him confidence. I think I think that's one positive that's going to come out of that because having him on the ball and him basically being a man, I kind of asked him about that at the summer league game. And, and he said that he wanted to, to be that guy that created more to take some pressure off of, of guys like John Dillon. And I think we've seen that. And again, I think a lot of that has to do with what you just said, Taylor Jenkins having a confidence in them. And I think what we saw in preseason was this coach, the coaching staff believing in him and putting him in a spot to be the leader of that team. And I think that's going to pay big dividends this year. Yeah. You know, good night for him. 19 points, three assists, Six rebounds, three for five from three, eight for 11 from the field, you know, 73% on the night from the field. Just just great stuff. And, again, it's preseason. You don't want to buy too much into it, but confidence is something that I think will definitely carry over. So, you know, it's seeing a lot of good stuff from the guys that we know 100% are going to be in the rotation, and it, it's giving me more confidence in the team. Makes me wish I hadn't doubted them at all, but you know, <laughs> I, I've uh, I've went into seasons before being a little too optimistic, and then you know the hammer comes down and, and it hurts a little more. So uh, I, I'm fine with uh, with where I had them projected at. It's not uh, not that I had them projected it as a, a complete flop this season anyway. Man, but shout out to a couple guys off the bench, man. Tyus Jones with a, a nice game off the bench, eleven points, four rebounds, two assists, knock two assists, knock down a three. In 19 minutes, and Shaq Buchanan, I, I thought was some some really good minutes. Him and Jerry Culver, actually late in the game, Shaq seven points, four rebounds, and assists. Uh, was on three from three in 12 minutes. But and I talked about this on, on the last episode. 
I mean, he's always going to give you 110%. I mean, he's going to come in hard head lunch pail every time you put him in. And I think, and you, you mentioned this a couple of shows ago, I think that I didn't really think he was really in there in the mix for it, but I think he has a shot to get in that last spot. We just kind of talk about Sam Merrill and Sam's out with an ankle injury. Um, Sam Merrill and Chris Dunn, Chris Dunn was out tonight uh, with, with dental surgery, uh, was what, what it was announced as. I, I think Shaq Buchanan's in that mix, but I think when you get in these practices, I, I think he's one of those guys that's really is going to shine in a practice setting because of how hard he works and how hard he plays. I, I think this coaching staff uh, is going to like what they see from him, and I think he has a real shot. Well, you, you get Conchar got rewarded because of, you know, like his work yeah. ethic. And that's something. Um, I Shaq, I really trying to end lives tonight. <laughs> no, that, that is, uh, that's something that this, this coaching staff definitely rewards. So it, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that we, you know, we, we lose a couple of these guys and, and, and Buchanan ends up being that last guy on the roster, but still, uh, still quite a few preseason games here left. And, uh, We'll know before long. I don't know when that cutoff date is when they have to narrow it down, but I'll have that for you guys on the next episode, which will be Saturday night. The uh, We got the preseason game. The Grizzlies are back home against the Hawks. So we'll come on for another postseason or another uh, post game. Hey, man, don't, don't sure. rush it. <laughs> don't rush it, man. Postseason. Don't, don't rush it, man. Uh, we got a, got a lot, a lot of basketball yeah, ahead of yeah. it. So hopefully it hopefully ends up with a, with a championship down Bill where we're talking talking postseason. I know that's a pipe dream, but hey, man, it, it's preseason, man. Dream dream big. I do want to mention real quick, uh, and I kind of mentioned this on Twitter after the first game, Jared Culver is, is an interesting situation. And you kind of asked me, that I think he was a guy that could be a cut candidate. And I said, I don't think so, but you got to look at the situation. And we talked about this where I don't think they're going to pick up the option. I think it's going to be a tough path for him. He needs developmental time. And I mean, he's a guy that's been in the league for a couple of years. I mean, they might sit him down to South Haven. We'll see how that plays out, but he needs developmental time. And it's not barring injury, barring probably multiple injuries. There's just not really a path for playing time here. And if, he did end up getting playing time and he plays well, you have a cap on what you can pay him and you might not be, he's probably going to be priced out of what you want to pay him. So kind of what's the end game with this situation? I'd love to get a look at him because I think there's some untapped potential there. I loved him in college. I kind of wanted the Grizzlies to to end up with that draft pick and get him that year, but it's going to be hard to, to kind of get a look at him outside of practices and things like that unless he's down with the hustle and you kind of evaluate him that way. So he could be a guy that they Look at cutting. Who knows how this thing is going to go? But I don't think he's necessarily out of the woods. But again, came in with some nice minutes tonight and confidently stepping in two threes, two or two from three. I really like to see that. And we talked about this before we jumped on. Man, he's he's big, man. I, I watched him in college and have seen him with in, in Minnesota. But for some reason, he's, he's I've looked at him in these first couple games. He's bigger. He looks bigger than I remember. Maybe he put put on some weight. I'm not sure, but he does look bigger. And again, I like the move to get him. I, that's kind of been his front office mo to to kind of take a guy that was kind of on the outs in, in Minnesota and see what you have in him. Uh, former lottery pick a couple of years ago, so get a free look at him. But it's kind of interested his situation, that the option and all of, all that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, I, I told you before we came on that even there at the, the forum, it took me a second to recognize who he was because I, I just didn't realize that he was that big. But it's... I don't know. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, definitely. But it just makes you wonder, you know, like you look at these names of you, know, you got you got to lose two of these guys. And so, you know, who's that going to be? And 
I think regardless of, uh, of who it is, whichever of the two that it is, you know, it, it's going to be a talented guy that's probably going to be picked up by another team. And, you know, like Culver, is he going to be receptive? Is he going to like – I know. That's the thing, yeah. Yeah, what's that going to do? To his psyche. The, the, the mental part of this game, I, I think, is not talked about enough. And, and how much like that can really affect what you do on the floor – and if you send him down to the G League, is that going to crush him? Especially it, in his know, situation, because he, I'm sure, felt like Minnesota gave up on him, which they did. I mean, yeah, they had a new regime in. You take, you take Anthony Evans, Anthony Edwards, he got hurt. I think they just kind of gave up on the kid. So he's probably already lost a lot of confidence. And then you like you think you're going to go to a new team, get a new start, and then they're sending you down to G League, the former number six pick a couple years ago. I can imagine that would be pretty tough uh, on your psyche. Yeah, and, and, you know, we're not to the season yet. A trade is not completely off the table. That's something that might happen. And if that does happen, that could open up spots for some of these guys that we're talking about may not be on the roster. If they package a few guys together to go out and get somebody else, if they do a two or three for one, then that's going to open up space. And some of these guys that we're thinking may be gone may end up being on the roster kind of by default based off of trades that are made. So I, I just – the, the wing rotation, there's not a wing right now that I want to see out of the rotation in order for Culver to get minutes. But I'm on the same page as you. I would like to see what he has because that gives them another wing, another long defensive wing. Yeah. And that's something that you're going to need whenever it comes playoff time is guys on the wing that are long that can defend people. Yeah, you you know you know I love a big wing, man. Uh, so so you know I'm in on on Jericho and, and seeing what what he has. Uh, but it, it's going to be interesting. And, and to your point, they definitely have ammunition if they want to go out and make a trade. Man, they got all kind of draft picks, second round picks. They can throw into a deal that you you might have a guy that a team wants to open up spots. I mean, who knows what can happen uh, before this thing's over? So that's definitely something that's still on the table, and, and we can see because they definitely have. I think too many guys. So if they could find something that works, I think that's definitely something this front office explored. They are not shy about making trades. That's for sure. Yeah. Th- there's a number of different teams that are in rebuild mode. You know, Orlando has a couple guys that would be fantastic for a, a competitive team. Um, you know, Terrence Ross is a, yeah. a veteran I, guy. I've always that, looked at him over the last couple of years and be like, man, I would love to, to have him here at Memphis. He's just kind of on, on a bad team down there and he'd be a good fit. In Memphis or any team, team, like you say, that's definitely yeah. a name that I've been looking at over, over the last year and a half or so. So, you know, and, and that's – I've not heard anything. I'm not saying that that's a guy that the Grizzlies are targeting or even that they're in a spot where they're going to make a a win-now type move. This yeah, I've just always – I've always liked him as a player. Yeah, yeah. I just think, you know, like the spot that Orlando's in, after they gutted the team, he's literally the only one left. Like, yeah. they're – you know, I think they ended up re-signing Mo Wagner, but, you know, like – Ross was there through their playoff runs and he he's the only one that was there that was a contributor on those playoff teams. You know, Fournier's gone. Vooch got traded to Chicago. Just, you know, a whole heap of guys. Yeah, uh, Gordon to Denver. And, you know, here's Ross down here, you know, just chilling with a bunch of 20-something guys, you know. And, yeah, and I, think I, I think I was going to say, I think I remember him when they made all those trades. He put out a tweet. I think it was like the the, the picture of Will Smith when they, when they moved out of the house and he was standing in the middle of the living room. I think Terrence yeah. Ross tweeted that out last year. <laughs> yeah, he did. I remember that. 
<laughs> yeah. So not a whole lot. Like we, we kind of talked, you know, touch on the game off and on tonight. A lot of positive things. It's preseason. You, uh, you take, take the positives. You look for stuff. If you want to look at negative negatives are always there. You can always find it, but we're just looking for growth. We're not, uh, I, for me, you know, that, that, uh, James spoke night when he, when he dunked that wall on the other <laughs> end and Pons made that business decision. I'm like, Oh man, that would have been so much sexier if he was in a Grizzlies uniform, Yeah, but he's not Zaire Williams is. So Zaire is my guy. He was a plus 13 tonight and just under 21 minutes. Not a big night for him though. You know, like, uh, what, one for four from the field, one for three from three. My man missed he- three free throws. Oh, yeah, that, that's tough. He did, he did, he did flash some 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 playmaker potential. I think that in the defense, I think is the positive that you take out of the first two games. He had to put up big scoring numbers, but he made some really good passes tonight. Uh, I think it was one for I don't know it was that Melton that he hit in the corner for the three. He was driving to the basket and like no look this and off him in the corner it was a really nice pass. So I, I've seen some things out of him I like. Again, I don't think it's it's not going to be sexy with him. Like you said, both nights gonna have some I think some big offensive numbers if he gets the opportunity to play down in Charlotte. You know, I don't think you're gonna see those big nights from him, but I, I think it's going to take a while, but all the tools are there. I, I think the only way Zaire doesn't become at least a, a rotation level player in, in, it, with, in this league is if he doesn't put the work in, because I think everything is there. If he puts the work in, we know how well this coaching staff has developed guys. I, it's all there for him. I think it's, it's all on him. And I think having somebody in that leadership role, you know, John ja Morant and the work ethic that he has, I think that that's going to rub off on other players as well. So, you know, ha- having a guy that's the uh, the best player on your team that is a gym rat himself, you know, we know what Desmond Bain is. We, we know that he he's a gym rat. You got j- just that we know 100% for sure in two players in Bain and Morant that are guys that are working their tails off to hone their craft. And, and I think that, uh, you know, these guys, the chemistry – Josh said that he didn't think it would take long, and you know, here we are, game two. It looks like it's going pretty well. Some little fine-tuning things, but that's what the preseason's for. Um, I think that you know, Zaire is in good hands. If he's going to develop and reach his ceiling, I think he came to the right team. Yeah, no, no, so, no doubt about that. But I was going to say the Grizzlies will be back back home on Saturday night, seven p.m. They're going to take on the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, so that's kind of a kind of a button rivalry between these two young teams. So that's going to be. Be, be kind of fun there on Saturday night. I know it's preseason, but, I mean, again, uh, any time they match up against the Hawks, I don't think the Grizzlies or like the Hawks very much. I don't think the Hawks like the Grizzlies very much. So that'll be a fun one. Hopefully no fire alarms. No fire alarms on, on Saturday night, and we can, hopefully we can get all four quarters in. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so too, man. Uh, did, did want to talk about one other thing before we get out of here, something that's kind of basketball-related, kind of Grizzlies-related, but not – um, some crazy news this morning, and, and Isaac, I'll let you take it. You know a little bit more about it. I've read some on it, but um, you know, just a big list of guys that uh, are, are in trouble for fraud. Yeah, man, it's, it's still not a lot of information out there on it. It's just kind of surface surface level stuff. So we kind of just want to kind of mention it. We're not going to delve into it deeply, but uh, the news: eighteen former NBA players have been arrested and charged federally for defrauding the NBA's health and welfare benefit program out of a possibly $4 million. Now, I'm not sure what the situation is and what that means, but it had some crazy connections, but you kind of run down the list here. It's Milt Palacio, Sebastian Telfair, um, Antoine Wright, Darius Miles, who actually had a little small cup of tea with the Grizzlies, uh, Ruben Patterson, Eddie Robinson, Gregory Smith, Glenn Big Daddy, Baby Davis, I'm sure most of you know who that is, Jamario Moon, uh, Terrence Williams, a former Sacramento King who 
was said to be the ring leader of it. And another report that I saw, uh, Alan Aronson, man, Tony Allen, man, uh, big time former core four member. Also his wife, Desiree Allen was also on the list. And, uh, Shannon Brown, former Laker, Will Bynum, former Laker, Melvin, Melvin Eli, Chris Douglas Roberts, former Memphis All-American. I'll change his name officially to Supreme Bay. It actually had that on the report, uh, on the official uh, FBI report, said, a.k.a. Supreme Bay. I thought that was interesting. Uh, former Grizzlies draft pick Tony Roten uh, also on that list. Uh, so we're going to find out more information. I know uh, Drew Hill said I think the court proceedings will start on October 25th in, in New York. It's been delayed because of COVID. It was supposed to start earlier. So I guess we'll definitely find out more information about this as it goes on. I think uh, David said he saw – a tweet from from Drew that had kind of some updated information on the Tony Allen aspect of it. Yeah, I, I've got. I went and pulled it up while you were talking about it. It looks like um, so right now the the number for Tony Allen was four hundred twenty thousand dollars and four hundred twenty and seventy four hundred twenty thousand and seventy five dollars. I'm struggling, man, struggling. Um, <laughs> hey, it's late, man. Four hundred twenty thousand and seventy-five dollars, and it looks like Tony Allen had repaid three hundred fifty and seventy-five. So you know, I don't know exactly what that means. Again, there, there's not a ton of details. Um, yeah, it'll definitely come out as, as time goes on. There's no doubt about that because it's yeah, a closer, pretty big story. Details, yeah, you know, with it, in fact, you know, there's a, a number of the names that you heard. A few guys that uh, had ties to the Grizzlies, but obviously the biggest one is Ta Man, and what yeah. he went through the city and this franchise and you hate to see anything like this, but, uh, definitely, man, definitely. Yeah. I, when, when it came out, I was like, man, not TA. I was like, when I was looking down a list and I was like, okay, well, these are mostly middling guys. I mean, and, and then Tony Allen pops up on there. Yeah. See Tony Roden and Chris Douglas Roberts, who is uh, a big deal here in Memphis from, from all American here for the Memphis Tigers, big time player. Always be remembered for the dunk on Kevin Love, um, in, in the final four when they took on UCLA, uh, back in, 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 in 2008. But, um, it was in 2005, I want to say. Uh, but yeah, um, it, it, we, we'll see. Um, I think this is a big story. And again, I think more information will come out, but hopefully Tony Allen gets out and is able, able to clear his name a little bit, man, because you hate to see that. I mean, he's he's getting his jersey retired here with the Grizzlies this year. Just to, just don't want to see that from a guy that's meant so much to this franchise, the organization in the city, man. It's just not something that you want to see. So hopefully those kind of reports with Tony Allen are, are true and he kind of gets his name cleared out of this. Yep, we will. Uh, we'll definitely keep you guys posted as we get more information. We didn't want to go too deep into it tonight because there's just not enough out there yeah. for us to uh, to give you a lot of information. So, you know, we uh, we'll, we'll keep up with it the best we can as things change. You know, especially if if we hear that uh, that Tony's able to get everything cleared out, then we will uh, we'll let you know about that. But whatever happens with it, we'll keep you posted. Um, I don't really have anything else for the show tonight. You got anything else before we get out of here, man? Man, no, that's that's it. Uh, well, other than that, man, Grizzlies look good through two games. Again, they got four more of these uh, coming up on Saturday night again against the Atlanta Hawks. That should be a should be a fun one, and hopefully, we continue to see them play well and and we figure out more about the lineups and, and get the chemistry right because this team's looking good. I, I see a lot of a lot of positives uh, with with this team right now, and they look they look pretty advanced uh, for a team two games into the preseason. They they really look more prepared. Now, Milwaukee was missing their their three main guys, like you said, but this Hornets team played most of their guys and they look to be at a, at a much higher level than this Hornets team right now. So I think that was really good to see. Hopefully that continues. Yep. Agreed. I do want to give one shout out before we get out of here uh, at the, the preseason game against the Bucks. I met up with uh Grizz Tony 
Uh, it's fantastic medium in person. Yeah. If, if any of you guys, like I'm going to go to as many games as possible and, and I'm perfectly fine with meeting, you know, if you guys are at the game and you want to meet me, I, I will meet you up in the, the foyer or wherever. I don't care a- anywhere in the forum. If that's something that you want to do, I'm fine with it, man. I love interaction. I love talking about the Grizzlies, whether it's on here on Twitter or in person, we, we can do it either way. So shout yeah, out shout to, out to Tony. Tony. Yeah, yeah was, loyal listener of the show, man. He always, yeah, always yeah, talks always to me and interacts. I know he listens to the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we we talked uh, talked about the Grizzlies, talked about fantasy basketball. It was good stuff. So we will get out of here. You can get me on Twitter at dwill two one one one. The show is at Hootball Grizz. Isaac, tell them where they can get you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man. You can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. I S A A C underscore Rivals. Also, go over to at Hootball Grizz. Give us a follow over there. We appreciate that. We'll be back, man, with more on Saturday night on the Football Grid Podcast. For David, this is Isaac Simpson. We'll talk to you on Saturday night. Go Grid. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.